Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut of convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down of my soul. And I don't back down out at all. Find out when the cannons explode. From the sidelines down to the post. Put it down like not even close. All out to the last whistle blow. For the flag of the soul and cross bones. Everybody stand up, get your hands up. Let a team know that we got they back. This is our house, this is our town, our time. Joining us here for another episode of the Midweek Breakdown presented by the Athletes Table Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan LaCraft, and alongside me is the Lebanese Stallion and Coop over there, Mr. Aaron AC. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? And we got a special guest here today, our guest picker. We had him on a show not too long ago. He has the Risky Business Podcast, and he's a current MMA fighter looking to get into the UFC ranks. He definitely wanted to bring on this show because he usually doesn't get to talk about college football very much. He's an NFL guy, so it gives him a little bit of different in the realm what uh, he's accustomed to talking about. So, Mr. Risky 910, what's going on, G? Man, I'm just happy to be able to talk. Usually people tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know how that goes. <laughs> this right here is great. I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Glad I'm glad. Well, welcome to the Midweek Breakdown, boys. Let's dive into it. So what is something that you guys saw last week that kind of shocked the world in college football? Ole Miss LSU fucking shootout. The first few touchdowns started like, oh, this game's going to be stupid. It ended up being stupid. Also, the last LSU touchdown did not fucking count. Rest was fucking done. <laughs> he paused in the entire game for 15 minutes, and the ref got it wrong. It's weird. He fell down with the ball in his left hand, and it somehow appears in his fucking right hand. That's almost like the ball is fucking traveling, moving a distance, which is called bobbling the ball, and therefore you can fucking catch it. And, you know, let's just waste 20 minutes and say, oh, Geometry. <laughs> Geometry. Geometry. <laughs> so the question is, did you guys see that big hit that Jaden Daniels took at the end of the game? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I said and a prayer for that child. Big hit. <laughs> he got hit by a car is what he did. But, dude, some of his passes were on point that day. I mean, he was he was looking like an NFL prospect that game for most of the game. Until he got hit like a little bitch and then he played like shit. That too. That too. <laughs> so what about awesome. Risky? What did you guys see that you kind of thought was like, damn, that's a really impressive game? Or like, man, that's kind of wild how that happened. <clears throat> man, um, just looking at um the the Duke and Notre Dame game, I really liked that right there from what I seen because you know Duke has been playing some pretty dominant football. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Hartman though, that guy right there on the Notre Dame side kind of surprised me with this right here, and I found something interesting on him. Sam Hartman has uh, Sam Hartman has came with four comebacks in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and came back on Duke to win this game right here. And I mean, you can just see that that guy right there was not—he just didn't look stressed out at all. Like mm-hmm. I liked his composure in that fourth quarter because you know a lot of quarterbacks would try to force something to make it happen, and he was just standing there throwing dimes. So I loved it. Well, it helps me have about 40 or 50 complete starts in a college career, for one. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Two, having the week before losing on the last second touchdown against Ohio State, you have that yeah. motivation. And then the year prior when he was with Wake Forest and they came into Duke, uh, into Wallace Wade Stadium, it came down to the final second, but Riley Leonard had the game-winning touchdown that time instead of uh, Hartman. So he had a bunch of comebacks with that and had a lot of revenge setting mindset for that game, I think. As he should. As oh, he absolutely. should. Absolutely. Dylan, how about you? Anything you saw that you were like, man. That's yeah, awesome. um, honestly, I gotta give a player a shout out, man. Uh Max Johnson for Texas AM came in after they found out 
the week before that Connor Wegman was done for the season. Uh, Max Johnson came in and he played a hell of a game, man. Um, he looked very, very good. The southpaw, which we usually don't see any left-handed quarterbacks around lately, um, he came in. He he tossed the pigskin around, man. He ain't afraid to throw the rock. So that was actually really. I'm not a huge Texas A&M fan, but uh, he played very well. So I got to give credit where credit's due. Absolutely, absolutely. My big surprise was the way Colorado handled themselves in that last uh, two quarters and came yes. back and brought it with it made it a football game again. You know, yes. they, they had the embarrassing game against Oregon. They had the embarrassing first half against USC, and then they turned it into a game by, I think it was, what was it, six or eight points that they were in between at the last minute or so. Yeah. And then we got some second half adjustments. Yes, big time, big time. Um, and then we have some breaking news. Tez Walker, who was told he was not going to be able to play football this year because of NCAA requirements and everything, but they were allowing others to come in, was is now eligible to play the game of football again at UNC. So that's going to change up the dynamic of the ACC again. You're adding a top wide receiver into another decent, uh, decent ACC team. And UNC so, needs it. They, exactly. uh, they, their passing offense right now hasn't looked as good as it could be. Um, they've been relying on the run a lot. So being able to get a top-tier receiver like that is really going to add another level to that he'll, offense. He'll take place of the Josh Downs, I think. You know, that yes. that kind of level receiver, I think that's where he's going to come into play more. Um, but that that was just announced today, a couple hours ago, actually. So um, that's some big news. Uh, so anything that you guys are looking forward to for this upcoming week in football, not necessarily game wise, but like interesting guys, like after Sam Hartman playing the way he did or how Colorado played as a whole in that second half or how LSU is going to bounce back from old miss, um, or how Texas A&M is going to bounce back against, uh, Alabama with like the way that people are stepping up again. Anything you guys kind of looking forward to this week? Dude, I want to see how good their second string quarterback is because Leonard has a high ankle sprain. That's not going to be fixed in a week. Oh, Dude, that, that injury looks nasty. Uh-huh. I mean, me and you, Nick, when we were there, saw that their second string quarterback can throw the ball pretty damn well. <laughs> I think he's Cam Newton 2.0. We're going to have to see. I mean, man's a freshman. Mm-hmm. You're taking over a, def- uh, a starting role on a ranked team as a freshman. I mean, you see it good every other year, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to get into Hey, he has 100% uh, completion rate right now. Yeah, I mean, the next opponent's not going to be a cakewalk. But no. We'll see. How are you guys? I got to say, I got a couple things I'm looking at going into this this weekend. Um, I'm looking to see how Notre Dame's going to bounce back after that very close game with Duke. Because um, Duke gave them a run for their money, that's for sure. We talked about it at the top of the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how Sam Hartman and the rest of that offense is going to be able to handle Louisville because – they, they've got an offense that can run with them, too. Um, so, see if their defense can hold put. Also, um, I know all of us, we're going to be going to the NC State Marshall game this weekend. And uh, we had news coming out of Raleigh that MJ Morris is going to be starting over mm-hmm. Brendan Armstrong, which everybody in Raleigh has been asking for for weeks and weeks now. So, I think Dave Dorian got put into a – they had no choice decision I mean, he's kind of on the hot seat this year. It kind of depends. His career is going to kind of uh, – I He ain't in the hot seat. State likes to keep their coaches for some stupid reason. Avon should Avon should have been out of there a long time ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of games this week that I think are going to be eyebrow raisers, that's for yeah. sure. A couple of matchups that you really don't see as being mm-hmm. that close. But, like Florida, Florida, Florida – Florida, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one definitely I can see on there. I know Aaron's going to be covering the one I'm thinking of. But I know, like, Florida, too, they've got a bit really big matchup. So yeah, um, I'm very curious to see how everything's going to go. Yep, we ha- we actually have a couple of games, I think, that are going to be a lot closer than people realize. And um, I think about three or four of them in our list that will be a lot closer. Javon, how about you? What do you, you kind of think that was like, man – I can't wait for this to happen this week. Oh, honestly, man, I'm just looking. I'm kind of looking forward to that Alabama and Texas A&M game. Um, I just want to see from – I want to see from Alabama if they are just going to be run heavy or if they're going to try to make some adjustments and catch them off guard a little bit. Because, yeah. I mean, when you think of Alabama, you think of running the ball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean – that's that's the blueprint against them at all times. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to see if they can, uh, if Texas A&M might be able to shut that down slightly to make them kind of throw around the pigskin a little bit. Yep, 
Yep. I definitely, I can see that a hundred percent. I mean, it's going to be quite interesting. And then one game that I know we're not going to talk about, but that kind of has some big noise being made um, is Kansas state, Oklahoma state that happens Friday night. You know, Kansas State was ranked early on in the year. Mizzou beat them with the last-second field goal, so they go unranked now. Oklahoma State's coming on off a rough, rough first four or five weeks so far. Um, I think they are three and two or two and three. Oklahoma State is. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys see Kansas State pulling that one out, or do you guys see Oklahoma State kind of be like, ah, no, we're gonna we're gonna take you at home and teach you how to play? Kansas State is favored. Yep. Yep. It's gonna be more of a toss-up. I feel. Especially just because of, I mean, Kansas State's kind of, they were, you know, riding the high train. They were playing pretty well. Yep. And they got to be a last-second field goal. And then, you know, Oklahoma State just hasn't had a good, the best year. But um, yeah. it could be a bounce back. It could make Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State a big game. Yep. yep. That's a possibility. Well, from what from what I'm seeing, Kansas State's had a tougher road. Um, they won last week against UCF. UCF is no slouch. They're actually pretty. They're pretty good this year. They're just being quiet about it. Yep. Um, they did lose to Miz, uh, Mizzou, which Mizzou's actually pretty legit. We'll yeah. we'll see how they go for the rest of the season. But um, and they've won against Troy and Southeastern Missouri. So yep. they've they've had a decent start to the year. Um, they've got the offense to be able to beat basically anybody in the country right now. It's just can the defense hold up? Yeah. And that's going to be the big questions going into this year. It's very similar questions to TCU at the beginning of the season. Yeah, very, very similar. Um, so speaking of UCF, they actually have a great game out there in Kansas against Kansas in uh, out that way. So in the Midwest is what I was going to say. But uh, do you guys see the new Big 12 playing a role in coming in against the old Big 12? You know, because Kansas is a hot team right now. Yes, they lost last week to Texas, but they are a hot team this year. And last year, UCF has kind of been in that upper ranks in um, in league play over the last few years when they were in the American. What do you guys see in there? Well, the big the big thing with Kansas is Jalen Daniels didn't play last week. Yep. Yeah. Because he got hurt and he got him hurt in warm ups out of any that time. Was, so that was the craziest thing. It's like, oh, Texas gonna be a big game. Starting quarterback hurt himself. <laughs> Good luck, freshman. Figure it out. <laughs> I just think in that in in that predicament right here with the game that's coming up with them, um, they have to start off strong. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you you don't want to get caught playing from behind, um, mm-hmm. trying to you know make something happen, you got to start off strong, execute, stay away from punting as much as possible, <laughs> especially on the road or at home. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, and they still know, don't know if he's gonna be playing yet. He's on he's on day to day right now. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah. a big thing. It's a big thing. Um, it, it can really go either way. That that game to me can go either way. Um, hold on. There was one more thing I wanted to bring up. Where was it? Hold on. Get it together, kid. Okay, so the NCAA. We're talking about transfer portal, right? I have my note. I was taking taking a look and making sure I was right on it. So the transfer portal is changing for NCAA football. They're trying to shrink it to make it a little bit harder for players to, you know, transfer every year. It's just like, how do you kind of represent, hey, I'm this guy from this school and I represent the school all, you know, three, four, two years, whatever it is. So they're trying to make it smaller. Do you guys think that's going to affect college football like it did when they had to sit out a year? Or do you think it's going to affect it more as in like, um, you know, so- to transfer, but it's not going to be the same way? How, how are they shrinking? Like They're trying to say, like, you know, if you're injured, you know, like JT Daniels was a few years ago with UGA and transferred to Rice, um, like you can transfer that way, right? Or you can transfer if you have a sick parent or relatives or you want to go closer to home, you know, stuff like that. Instead of only allowing players to go, okay, I, I don't want to be at the school anymore because I'm not getting playing time, and I want to transfer out and go somewhere else. You know, just just because of playing time, instead of trying to burn back in that spot. That's gonna be a bad and a good thing. It's gonna affect those that like all pick this school because the recruit would be high, but they would play better if they went to like say a smaller school. Like a lot of teams are like that. I think it's definitely gonna also make people think more. Like, all right, I want to commit to let's say I want to commit to Duke. 
it's mm-hmm. like, okay, let me look at other schools first. You might pick, uh, you might be like, all right, I'm not like sold on playing for Duke. I'm not like sold on playing for UNC. I want to go play for state. Yeah. It's, you know, like, oh, I'm not really sure. It will kind of force them to make more of a decision, like, is this the best thing for me? Go meet the coaching staff, become better players with them. Where a lot of teams are like, all right, I'm going to go meet them, take me out to dinner, they pay for my food, they're going to offer me a car. Oh, yeah, I'll go play for them. Fuck it, easy decision. And it's less that and more of, hey, if I want to get paid more money and be a better player, I should look who, who the hell is signed up for next year. Who yeah. I'm going to be playing with. I see the, and the NIL deals are starting to come into play with the transfer portal. Yes. So that's well, another. They're starting to get. They're they're making a, a huge dent in the recruitment in general. It's, yeah. So it's that, all that's, around the board. So that's that's another thing that's kind of shrinking. They're trying to keep it to where like, oh, just because like Quentin Ewers, Quentin Ewers went to Ohio State for one year just to make the money off the NIL because Texas wasn't approving it until the year after. So he went to Ohio State, knew he wasn't going to play right away, went for the NIL money, transferred to the next year to Texas. Got NIL money and became a starting quarterback instead of earning it where he was at and going to school just to get money. That that's so, I can I can definitely see that um, becoming a factor. I think it was is it Utah that they just gave all of their um, guys that came they in y'all got cars. Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, if I'm a struggling college student and I don't have transportation, I'm going my ass to Utah. <laughs> so I've got a I've got a funny take to this because at first like I was completely against all of it and, and like and the more that I think about it, the whole transfer portal and with what NIL is doing and everything, I'm still not a fan of NIL just because of it, it's just bringing too much business into amateur athletics and at, at the end of the day, that's what it is, amateur <laughs> athletics. Um, but at the same time, with the transfer portal, and hear me out here. The transfer portal is leveling things out, right? Try. It gives guys it gives guys an opportunity like, okay, they want to go play for a Clemson. They want to play Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, USC. They want to go play for these big schools. They go there and figure out, oh, I'm not that good. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting any play time. I'm basically on a practice squad. Well, now that talent is going to get more of a chance to go play for mid-majors. And now you see mid-majors starting to become a little bit more favorable destinations, right? Yeah. And you see what, like, Coach Prime is doing in Colorado for a mid-major. And now you're seeing more coaches coming in. I think he's done change the way that you're going to see coaching and recruitment. It's going to go back to the way that it used to be with Bobby Bowden, Steve Spurrier, people like that that are going to be recruiting kids because they want to play under his regimen and the way that he coaches. And at the same time, the players are going to have the opportunity to go away from these big schools, go to smaller schools, even if it means they get closer their families what so be it even though i don't like the way that they're changing it because there's too many loopholes yeah but there's always the gonna same be time situation no matter what yeah do. so like at that point i'm like what does it matter but at the same like that's what i'm trying to say is like i'm getting to the point where i don't mind a transfer portal because i like seeing these some of these smaller schools start being more competitive and you're seeing some of the giants fall mm-hmm. and at the end of the day that's what we want we want to root for the underdog Absolutely. Everybody that's, wants that's what America's made out of, to be honest. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to get into the best part of this segment. We're going to start talking about the games that we chose. I believe it's the nine biggest games of the weekend, in our opinion. Uh, we're going to start with Aaron and the LSU-Missouri game. This is in Missouri, um, just outside Jefferson City in Columbia, Missouri. Who you got, or not who you got, why do you got these guys? LSU, Mizzou, I think it's not going to be as much of a brawl. I mean, it could be. LSU might be, you know, completely destroyed after that lost old Miss, which was just yep. a shootout. No defense was played. But LSU is going to come out the gates pretty damn hot. They're going to probably run yep. the ball a lot because they're going to be able to run it against Mizzou. Yep. Uh, they are yep. going to score a lot of points because they are butthurt after dropping twice in two weeks. Yes. They are pretty close to being out. They lost to Mizzou. I don't think they would ever get close to coming in the top 20. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty close to being out now. But, I mean, if I was them, if I was coming, I would kick them the hell out. I mean, a lot of other <laughs> rankings should change as well. Right? So yeah. Else. The LSU is going to play hard, and they're going to try to score a lot quick. Their yep. defense, it's, it hasn't shown anything good. So, yeah. see on yeah. that one. LSU is going to blow the doors out. That's not bad. So we're going to kind of keep in the same con- – well, actually, we are going to keep in the same conference. We're going to go to Arkansas, Ole Miss. Dylan, who you got? Or not who you got. What do you got? So 
Ole Miss looks really good right now. Uh, Jackson Dart is playing freaking fantastic. Um, I know they they had that loss against Alabama. Um, I think that was that was more of a spark for Alabama than it was Ole Miss playing bad. Um, and then last week you saw what they did with LSU it was freaking shootout. So um, I really like Ole Miss at home. Um, Arkansas as well. They they're kind of in a rut. Um, yeah. Last week. Uh, they had a loss. They they didn't really play all that well. Uh, you saw them be very one dimensional. KJ Jefferson, he's he's just not playing up to his capabilities. But at the same time, he doesn't really hold, have a whole lot of help. Um, yeah. So Arkansas right now, I'm not I'm not very uh, enthusiastic on watching them play against the Rebels. <laughs> Back in Arkansas. <laughs> Back in Arkansas. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. We got Walmart and Walmart accessories. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, we're gonna now we're gonna change conferences. We're gonna go to the Big Ten. We're gonna talk about Maryland, Ohio State. Um, this game is to me, it's a toss-up. You got a Maryland team who is playing really, really well at a high level. Um a quarterback who's just playing out of his mind right now, I think because of seeing his brother Tua in the NFL and kind of getting that knowledge from him. And Tua had the same coach. The head coach at Maryland was the same offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Alabama when Tua was there. So that is just like one, one reason why talking about Loa is staying in Maryland and not leaving to go back to Alabama or anything. Ohio State, if they play the way they played against Notre Dame, like in the first half where their defense stuck and didn't, uh, they bend and didn't break, and their and their offense picks it up, it could be a shootout game, just like we saw last week with LSU Ole Miss. Um, so that that game is going to be kind of exciting, I think. But we're gonna we're gonna change it to the future SEC Red River rivalry. We got Oklahoma Texas. Dylan, what you got? Uh, honestly, you can put your money on both teams on this one. Um, it's this has always been a been a game of defenses here. Um, usually both offenses are playing really well, and how uh how it looks so far, it's going to be the same way. You got two high powered offenses. Dylan Gabriel's been playing really well so far this year. Very quietly, we where's, haven't heard a whole he lot from uh, UCF because he thought he won a national championship. Right. Um. Well, they did, and then he realized you play somebody <laughs> real, and you see what happens. Um, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot different story. But uh, Dylan Gabriel, he's played very well in Oklahoma. I think it was a very good decision for him to go there because that offense, he's got he's got the offensive line to be able to protect him. He's got threats on the outside. So um, they've looked very well so far, but so has Texas. I mean, we saw Quinn Ewers play, especially against Alabama. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, it is like, what it is. <laughs> he, he's looked good. I mean, y'all y'all got beat by a good quarterback. He yeah. is yeah. he is actually he's pretty good. good so far. Yeah. Um, their running game has looked amazing. So it's really just going to be who's got a better defensive line. And um, what we said in the last couple of weeks, I think we know who's who's got the better defensive line here. So um, it's going to be a toss up. Um, Dallas, it's going to be it's going to be hot going Arlington's into the state gonna fair. Have a hell of a weekend there. Yeah. My debate for that is Oklahoma is going to be is going to not win by that much. I think it's going to be Texas is going to win it just because. Wait, hold I'm on, hold your hold your thoughts. Hold your no no. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. All right. Next we oh, got Aaron with Kentucky and Georgia, the current top twenty-five matchup. We got number twenty Kentucky versus number one UGA in Athens. What do you got? Kentucky, I think, is going to shock you. Georgia has looked very, very poor in the last yep. few games. And Kentucky's they, actually uh, pretty good. And that's yeah. the other Kentucky's pretty damn good. I mean, their last game against Auburn, they almost lost. They almost lost. They should have lost the game. They played terribly. But yeah. Auburn just played a little bit worse. Yep. They haven't played anybody good. They almost lost to Auburn. This is their first ranked matchup of the entire year. Yep. They have played no one that good. They play. They even play that good against South Carolina. They were losing to South Carolina at half. Yeah, I think Kentucky is going to shock us. Yep. So okay, we got, got a good we got the net. I think one of the bigger games of the night and one of the more surprising teams in the country. Uh, we got Notre Dame, Louisville. Javon, you're going to go out this, but Louisville is ranked now. You know, it's not just Notre Dame that's number ten. You got Louisville. Who I believe is 23, 24, 25, 25 some, somewhere around there. They're, they're ranked. I just don't remember 
what which they snuck, snuck in. They they snuck snuck in. in there. Javon, what do you got for this one? Don't say who your pick is, but what do you got on the <clears throat> so for this one right here? Um I, I was kind of looking at equations on what, what could be the deciding factor right here. One thing that I know for sure that I don't think is going to be a deciding factor is the special teams as far as field goals go because mm-hmm. both teams um, against only allowed like 0.8 of a field goal per game that they've played so far. Yep. One thing that I do see <clears throat> is will Notre Dame be able to handle uh, what I think his name is Thrash or Thrush? Yep. That dude right there is out of his mind. Uh, 22 receptions for 40, uh, 444 yards at this point, but he's averaging 20 yards per reception. And it's um, only week five. We're going into week six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that that right there is absolutely crazy. And then you got uh, Jordan, who's had 66 attempts for 510 yards with six t- touchdowns at this point. That's that's just out of this world. Um no. Question Sam, Sam Hartman is going to have to get started very early. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this right here was a team that he wants to try to come back from. Um, yeah. you know, the Louisville, as far as as far as running the ball, they they could chew up a pretty good amount of the clock, mm-hmm. especially if they get if they get ahead early. It's going to be kind of hard to um come back from that, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> one stat that I did see that I did like from um, I think his name is Einstein or. Instead yeah. stuff like that, yeah. he has 95 attempts with 672 yards. Now, mm-hmm. if you take an account of Jordan with 66 attempts with 510 yards, that shows that he's the more productive back at this point. So that's what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's taking Einstein a little bit longer to get, you know, to get going. If Jordan gets going early and that sets him up for one or two passing touchdowns starting off the game, and then you have to play back. That's not going in Sam Hartman's favor, so no. that's what I got. Now, do you see being the game being in Louisville? Do you see that affecting it? Uh, honestly, I can see that because you know the Louisville fans getting behind them a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. playing against a big team, in my opinion, um, that right there can give them that edge. Like I said, uh, all it takes is for them to score on that that first drive that they come out if they if they start get started early. It's going to be kind of hard to shut them down from that high horse that they're going to be on. So, no, absolutely. I can, I completely agree. And I could see all that happening. Um, So we're going out to one of the surprise games and one of the surprise teams of the year. Uh, We're going to go throw it out to Fresno state in Wyoming in Wyoming. Um, Fresno state is a 24th ranked team in the country. Um, Wyoming, you know, they've been playing some tough people this year, uh, especially in the pac 12, it seems like, but they're playing in Wyoming too. So, Dylan, what do you got? Well, get used to hearing number 24 Fresno State because they're probably going to be staying number 24 Fresno State for this <laughs> game. Um, Mr. Uh, Mikey Keene, he's already thrown for almost 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. So Again, far. only week know. five going into week six. <laughs> I know. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's a little bit of a surprising stat for me. Um, so, Wyoming – they're averaging 142 yards passing a game. Mm-hmm. That's not going to cut it there, son. You can't do that in this type of football. Uh, <laughs> not, in big, not in a big game like this. Go take your seat on the far end of the pine because you are not that good. Um, they're rushing the ball for 182 yards a game, throwing the ball 140. Defense ain't really that great. The key points of Fresno, uh, Fresno State is their run defense. They're able to stop the ball on the ground. Um, that's what Wyoming is going to try to do here. So, um, looking at this, it's I'm not going to make a prediction here, but I think Fresno State's going to stay ranked for another week. So, now we're going back to the SEC for big-time football. This game takes place just south, not just south, but pretty far south compared to Wyoming. Not, not in the uh, Canada border, but we're going down to the Mexico border, and we're going to watch Alabama-Texas A&M. Aaron, what do you got for this game? I think Alabama's going to come out pretty pretty pumped up and gassed up and ready to play some actual good football. They played really good against good old, you know, good old Mississippi State. But sure, that wasn't the greatest opponent, but they played really well. And, I mean, Milrow's playing better. And Nick Saban, which I just yeah. saw recently, he said Milrow's playing with more confidence. And that's what's going to make this game a lot better. Milrow's playing better. 
the line is still kind of retarded. I'm not going to lie to you. They probably all still eat their fucking crayons pretty aggressively. <laughs> I don't understand it myself, but it is what it is. But Alabama's defense is also starting to become better. Number 15 yep. for Alabama on defense, Turner. It sucks that he's a junior. So I wish he would just fucking be a freshman and stay for like three fucking years and be great. Yep. He is playing some unreal football. He's just yep. playing – very smart football. He's not being someone's like, oh, the running back jutted out for a sweep or for like a little check down play. Oh, the quarterback, I mean, sack the quarterback. No, you follow the running back and he throws it over the running back's head. Yep. It's not a completion. It's a good play. He's playing smart. Their defense is getting better. Their secondary still sucks. I'm not going to fucking ever say it doesn't suck. It always sucks every year. They're like, yep. defense is great. No, nope, it's Alabama. Defense is not always good. <laughs> but their offense is getting better. So it's going to be a. I wonder if Alabama's the purple crayons pizza. taste like purple. So we eat gain. <laughs> Leave Todd alone. <laughs> so we're gonna take it to uh, a game that three of us are going to this weekend, Marshall NC State. As Dylan said earlier, you know, new starting quarterback for North Carolina State. Um so we're going to see how that goes. And I think North Carolina State, they're playing at home, so it might be a good game for them. Marshall, on the other hand, undefeated, beat Virginia Tech at home, beat ECU. They've beaten some good teams on the road, some teams that have hostile environments. They've beat teams at home that's helped them out. Um, so they, I think they have a really good – man, I will say this, after seeing them play at ECU, they have some big boys on that offensive line and on that defensive line. So they're, they, they have good size and they, and they can move. They're all, they're all really able to move. Um, So there's that. But while, before we decide to throw our five picks for this week, uh, we have some sad news today and from Saturday. Uh, On Saturday, we lost to one of the best knuckleball pitchers in the country at the time. Uh, Tim Wakefield passed away at the age of 57. Not only did he pass away, but we just got breaking news that today Dick Buckkiss has died at the age yep. of So we want to shout out to their families that our prayers are with them and hope that everything goes well and uh, that they're watching down this weekend on football and baseball and having a great old time pitching again and playing on the gridiron. So shout out to them and their families and wish that everything and the success for the ones that are still surviving for them. Um, now we're going to get into the big-time pig picks of the weekend. We're going to start out with the Kentucky-Georgia game. Javon, who do you got winning this game, and what do you think the score is going to be? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got him. Well, I, I, I was down to pick Kentucky, but then whenever you throw scores at me, I was terrible at math. So, uh, <laughs> Numbers are high. I don't remember what they mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go 38-14. 38-14. You said Kentucky. Yep. Okay. Ooh. Dylan, who you got? Uh, I think it's gonna be closer than whatever I think. I'm still gonna go with Georgia here. Um, I think Georgia is still better than what people think that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, however, respect Kentucky. I respect their defense. They've got a very, they got a very strong defense. They're mm-hmm. able to stop a lot of people. So. I'm going to go Georgia here, probably. We're going to go 37-30. okay. And what do you got? 38-7, Kentucky wins, because Georgia hasn't played fucking well. You can't tell me that they've played a good schedule and they've won by a lot. The first two games, sure. They didn't play well against South Carolina. Fucking Auburn, they barely won. Auburn sucks. Don't fucking Knicks, dude. Don't fucking Knicks in some bumfuck nowhere else in Oregon. And you're yep. telling me that he, that Georgia's good. Georgia defense hasn't played well. Georgia's offense, I saw him throw. Like, oh, that's a quarterback. He looks like some skinny random guy that found him doing heroin in the fucking streets, dude. <laughs> he looks lost. He did have that game winning drive at the end well. last week. I don't care. It took him that damn long to get the heroin needle out of his arm. I'm with you. Georgia is so bad. He's terrible. He's not a good quarterback. The faster the game over, the faster the fix, baby. I've been here for eight years. I've been here for eight years. 
years. He had him last year in Georgia. Yeah. I played football since I was alive, damn it. And you got some <laughs> random guy, you're like, oh, he's highly ranked. But he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Georgia's going to get swept. Just like the needles yeah. he probably has in his apartment underneath the fucking rug. <laughs> God. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm with you that I think Kentucky's going to win. I'm, I definitely have that feeling. It's kind of feeling that Kentucky has found who they are early in the season, where usually it takes them about four or five weeks to kind of figure it out. Um, but I'm, I'm having a little bit of a closer score lo- or lower score. I think it's going to be 28-21 Kentucky. But now we're going to take it to, like we said, one of the bigger games of the night, one of the top 25 games of the week. Um Notre Dame, Louisville. Dylan, who you got for Notre Dame? Notre Dame, Louisville. Um, I think it's going to be another low-scoring game like it was for them last week. Um, it's kind of tough because Louisville, the same way like you just said with Kentucky, they have definitely found their identity pretty pretty early in the season. They've all been chugging that bourbon so quickly. I don't know. I know. I wish I had some. It would be <laughs> amazing right now. Um I don't know. It, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be t- closer than what people are thinking. So, I think I'm gonna give the edge again to Notre Dame. Um, I honestly only think it's gonna be a one point game. I'm probably gonna say it's gonna be a 21 20 game. Okay. Okay. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? 28 14 Louisville wins. Wow. Notre Dame has not had they, when they played Ohio State. They didn't play too well. And they played a really good defense in Duke. They didn't play well. And Duke just made so many mistakes. why they lost the game. Notre Dame is still still reeling from Ohio State because they didn't know how to hell to play their offense or their defense. They didn't know how to, what to do anything. Yeah. Hartman's going to play well, I'm hoping. It could be a higher scoring game than what I, what I think. But I yep. think Louisville has a very high and should win the game because their offense is – like you said, they found their identity. It's gonna either be a shootout or someone's gonna have some defense. We're gonna yep. see. Javon, what do you got? What do you got, Risky Nine One Zero? Um, I am definitely leaning towards Louisville on this one right here. I got um twenty eight fourteen for this one. Okay. Um, I I just really don't see them stopping the passing game. Um, uh, that Louisville's gonna come out with. Um. Louisville's averaging around 254 yards passing right now. And, you know, that we, we might not see those numbers, but what we will see that I think that's going to be a problem is Jordan starting off and closing the game out for him. Um, yep. Just like, you know, with, with Duke, whenever they were struggling at one point against Notre Dame, they started running the ball and they whenever they ran it, they ran it at will. Yeah, and having somebody like Jordan, that's <clears throat> just coming out of the backfield. I mean, he could he could be a receiver or he could be your running back. Either one, you got two chances with him. But I just I don't see I don't see North Dame taking this one. Yeah, no, I I kind of and I'm playing in Louisville. We've seen that on the road, Notre Dame is not as good. Except for right. like Ireland, they were well in week zero. Um, you know, at home against Ohio State again, they didn't play the phenomenal way. So I'm kind of leaning Louisville, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than 28-14. I'm kind of closer like to Dylan, 24-17, uh, Louisville. Notre Dame is losing a lot of steam throughout the season mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. They started off really hot. Yeah. That's why I think you're you're right with the, the amount of points and how close it's going to be. I just don't it, – it's almost so hard to say, okay, Notre Dame's going to win this guaranteed. It's more like – I can get the score closer than I can tell you if Notre Dame's going to win. I think also, too, it's going to be how Louisville is reacting to last week um, mm-hmm. because they should have lost last week. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah, yeah. They, they should have lost to State. And yeah. um, and State didn't even it, play that well either. No, they didn't. So they, yeah. they kind of pulled that one out of their ass. So it's kind of – if they're looking at it like, okay, well – we we played la- we played bad last week. Let's let's revamp it up and get it going. Or are they like, well, it was last week was tough, and then we got a really big opponent next week. So it's kind of their mentality going into this game. Yep, yep. I can definitely see that. Um, all right, now we're going to keep go to the Big Ten. We're looking at Maryland, Ohio State at Ohio State. Dylan, what do you got for this one? Oh. Um, 
I think I'll go Ohio State in this one. I like what Tua's brother's playing. He's playing mm. terrific this year. I dare um, not try to pronounce his name. I'm not either. I can say uh, Tagovailoa, <laughs> but I can't say I can't say the rest of it. But yeah, <laughs> um, he he's playing he's playing great. It's just can the rest of the team keep up with what he's doing? And Ohio environment like the the is in Columbus. Yeah, and. I'm not the big. I've said it week in and week out. I'm not the biggest Ohio State fan, but they're starting to put some pieces together. And throughout the year, you're going to see them at the, at the end. They're going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're still trying to put some stuff together, but they got enough to beat Maryland. Um, yeah. I don't see that being an issue here. I'm going to go Ohio State 35, Maryland 17. Okay, okay. Um, Javon, what do you got for this one? I think TT is going to go to hell off. That's what I'm, I'm not going to pronounce his name either. We just give people nicknames. Exactly. Right? Like it's, it's almost impossible <laughs> to pronounce his name correctly. PT is going to go to hell off. Um, I, I just don't I don't think they're going to be able to contain him on anything that he wants to do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like Dylan said, as long as the rest of the team is, has brought in to what he's bringing, if they can keep up with the same intensity and, and the same thing that he's trying to run, they should run away with this. Um <clears throat> I'm gonna say maybe um thirty-four twelve. Okay, thirty-four twelve. And what about you? What do you got or who do you got? And I, I what's really sport? like Tua's brother. I really want to commit to liking Tua's brother that he's gonna win the game. But I think it's gonna be a close game. I think Ohio State wins it in the end. I think it's gonna be like 35-28. It's gonna be a touchdown. Ohio State wins in the end. Ohio State yeah. is like everyone's saying, they're finding their identity, they're getting a lot better. Tua Tua's brother is playing really, really good football. So I could be 100 percent wrong and Tua could lead them to a win. Yeah. It's a very high possibility, but Ohio State has a lot more mo- more momentum. They yeah. sure they play Notre Dame, which Notre Dame still sucks in my opinion. I don't care what the hell that says. They're ranked every year, and then they're like, you know what? This clip looks really nice. Let's just slide in and out. We jump. All right, we're jumping. We're jumping off the cliff. Just fucking go. Go, go, go. That's what yeah. the name of does. And, a, and another stat to keep in mind whenever you're making these picks, for, Maryland is allowing an extra 100 yards on defense compared to Ohio State. Yep. yep. That's the that's scary difference. part. The offensive-wise is very good. similar. Yeah. But the defense is where it's really going to – it's really going to show. And I think the biggest thing you're going to see in this, like I have Ohio State, and it's kind of similar. I think about 11 points is a difference, 38-27. But the biggest thing that I think is going to change this whole game for them is Maryland hasn't played I – th- I believe they played Penn State, but I'm not sure yet. But they do play later in the year against a bunch of big teams in big time stadiums. So, But playing in a, your first 100,000-fan crowd or stadium – for the season is kind of breathtaking for some people, especially yeah. ones that are freshmen and sophomores, first time starters, you know, you name it, that's how it is. And there is a lot of those kind of guys, whether it's transfers or first time starters that have come in and contributed to Maryland, but they're not used to that big time crowd. Um, so again, Ohio, 3827 for that. Mar- Maryland's last five opponents have been Indiana, Michigan state, uh, Virginia, State. yeah, Virginia, Charlotte, and Towson, yeah, and nobody has scored over twenty points on them, and they've mm-hmm. dropped their lowest scoring game so far was thirty nine. Yeah, and they're on the road this week, and I know they play Penn State and Michigan later in the year, so that'll be interesting to see. But we're gonna oh, yeah. throw it to the game in Raleigh this weekend. We got Marshall, NC State, Aaron. Who do you got at what court? I think. NC State's going to be – I think they're going to win. I think it's going to probably be – let's go 28-21. NC State wins over Marshall. I think NC State's going to be rejuvenated with a different quarterback. It's mm-hmm. definitely going to make the game a lot different than it's been in the past few weeks just because, you, I mean, you're, you don't say you've been trying to see number one, press number two, press number whatever, but yeah. he is starting. Yeah. It's going to be a different mindset, and it's good, they're going to come out swinging we'll see if it's going to be a lot of misses or they're going to actually hit something risky what do you got um i'm going with nc state as well one thing that you can't ignore with nc state is they always got some linemen that's not afraid to punch somebody in the mouth (laughs) at the line and they're Um, all north carolina raised (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's just the the thing about north carolina teams is except for you know my tar heels they just i don't know that's different but um we don't talk about that yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. But um, no, I got NC State. I'm going uh 28-20 on that one. 
just yeah. hopefully they can get established early as well. Yep. Dylan, what about you? So I'm kind of curious to see this. Uh, my big thing is how how is NC State going to run their playbook? Um, you're bringing in a kid that, yeah, they're 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 bringing in a kid. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Everybody's really excited to come in. There's a lot of hype going into this weekend in Raleigh. Um, the only thing is, their leading rusher was Brendan Armstrong. <laughs> That's a sad thing. He he was their best running back, um, and he was their worst quarterback. Riley Leonard was their leading rusher. Yeah, but he was good. Uh, no, this, this cat he can't hit the sprouts out of the barn. The quarterbacks who are leading rushers are not playing this week for either one of those two teams. Yeah, it's very interesting. One of them. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just you. No, no, you're fine. Um, my my thing with NC State, uh, is really going to be what is the playbook going to look like? You got a young quarterback coming in. Um, you got to be able to establish the run. Um, you've got to be able to get the ball outside to players like Casey Concepcion. That's a really hard word to say. Um, <laughs> But he he is a lead front runner for the ACC Rookie of the Year. Um, the kid looks amazing. Um, he's been their only outside threat so far. Um, I'm really hoping that the play calling is going to be let's get him the ball, let's get the ball early, open up the running game, and let our defense work because they've got a good defense. Yeah. Their defense can be very very good. They've got a couple of dogs on the outside. Um, they got one outside linebacker battle that's freaking nasty, dude. Um, it's just going to be, can they slow the game down? Can they keep Marshall from having the ball too many times? Because we saw, especially against ECU, they came out, they have big receivers, they've got targets to be able to throw the ball. If they just don't drop the ball, they'd score 30, 40 points a game, but they're not. They they look like the old Marshall of when they played with Randy Moss. Yeah, so. Leftwich and all those guys back in the day. That That's my big thing. Um so I'm gonna go. I, I think NC State will actually win this game. Um, I believe that the coaching staff will be able to manage it well enough to keep Marshall from having a large possession rate. Um, but I think it's gonna be very, very slow. So I'm gonna go NC State 14, Marshall 10. Uh, I gotta say one thing. We are Marshall. I, I'm definitely pulling with the uh, the herd this weekend. Not only do I have ties to the herd, but definitely pulling with the herd. They they impressed me at ECU, and they impressed me last weekend against Virginia Tech. I see a team who's behind a redshirted sophomore quarterback starting, who has some very big names on that team that not many people realize are there, like Chad Henny, Chad Pennington's son is on the team, um, who's a redshirted freshman, who his dad has been still contributing to the uh, locker room a little bit. Um you got some really big dudes on that offensive line who can who are not afraid to push back. They are some dogs on there. Uh, that defense is actually pretty structured to bend and not break after what I've seen in the couple, last couple of weeks for them. Um, I do think it's going to be – I think it's going to be similar to the ECU game for them. I believe they can outscore just about anybody with even without their defense playing well. Um, and I have Marshall – Winning uh, 34 to 14. Mm. Yeah. That's a hot take. Exactly. I mean, you got to go big or go home here. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're going to take it to the last game of the night for us. Um, Arlington has some great, great teams coming in this weekend. We got Oklahoma, Texas, Red River rivalry, the Triple R. We're going to start with Dylan since he had talked about this game already. Who you got and what's the score? This game was really tough for me to pick. Um, it's very funny, too, because ESPN's actually got Oklahoma winning this game. Um, they're a 4% favorite over Texas, but it's still it's basically a toss-up at this point. Um, my major thing is going to be, like I said before, whose defensive front is going to be able to hold up and who's going to be able to show the running game. Um, they both can throw the ball. Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, they're both going to be able to toss the ball around. Um, that's not going to be an issue. Who's going to be able to run the ball? Who's going to chew up clock? Who's going to take the possession rate? Um, and right now, from what we're seeing, Oklahoma doesn't have that. Um, Major's been running the ball for them. He's only got 200 yards on the year. Um, so I'm a little worried on that for Oklahoma side. So I think I'm going to go with Texas on this one. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think you're – I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, 
but I think defense, uh, Texas defense is going to prevail. I'm going to go uh, Texas 31, Oklahoma 21. Okay, okay. And what do you got? Oh, Texas is going to win 49 to 21. You said Texas 49 21? Oklahoma does not have a defense. I watched it last Oklahoma play last week with my dad. I'm like, oh, maybe Oklahoma has a good defense this year. Literally, the next fucking play ran right through the middle and down the field. I'm like, yep, Oklahoma sucks again on defense. Big surprise. <laughs> and the funny thing is, their head coach is the Clemson defensive coordinator from the national championship team they had. Yeah, well, it's Clemson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's like. Oklahoma just doesn't have a good defense. Texas has a lot of big boys on the front line that are hungry to play some good football. They now have a high chance to play some really good football against a very high-powered offense. But Oklahoma's defense is not going to be able to compete with Texas. Because Texas, again, they got that offensive line, which is all veterans. And they're like, hey, we could play some ball because we've done it a few years. Mm-hmm. Texas is going to run the ball a lot. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Oklahoma is going to be left wondering where the hell their defense is. Yep. Javon, what do you got? Well, originally I didn't have a pick for this one right here, but since <laughs> Dylan said that ESPN has Oklahoma for the favorite, Dylan, you know I'm a betting man when it comes to sports, so I'm going to go with Texas. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> and this one right here, I'm also going to go over under. I'm going to take the over on three picks being thrown. In this game, oh, um, oh I like it. I, I, I definitely think that that's a chance with the with both of them airing the ball out. I want to see. I want to see how's the defense, the pass defense is going to hold up against that. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron made a really good point about Oklahoma and the way that their defense is getting chewed up mm-hmm. out there in the in the open. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of check down throws here. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be airing it out pretty good. So I, I think there's going to be some opportunities for some turnovers here. Because yep. also, Oklahoma, this is their first real test this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hardest game they've had so far was against Cincinnati, and they won 20 to 6. Yep. I'm going to go 42 20. 42 20, Texas. Well, I'm with you boys here on this one. I think Texas is going to definitely win. I think with ESPN favoring Oklahoma, it's going to fuel Texas just a little bit more. Uh, not only that, this game is gonna is a true neutral site when it comes to fan wise, not necessarily location wise. It literally is a 50-50 split almost. You know, it might be like one or two percent difference either way, but it's literally a 50-50 split, just about. Um I just I see Dylan Gabriel this week specifically against Texas's defense overthrowing the ball more than underthrowing. Um and I don't see him completing as many passes as he has in the previous weeks. And I don't see their defense stepping up as much as they are predicting them to step up, even with who their coach is and who their defensive coordinator is. Uh, so I see Texas kind of running with this one. Um, I see it's going to be 42 to 14, Texas. Ooh. So I got a, I got a question for you all about Texas because – um, at the beginning of the year, we did a couple of predictions saying who, who we thought was going to be our early picks going into the mm-hmm. college football playoffs. Um, Texas has so far shown that they're, they're playoff caliber. Um, yes. They're definitely going to be up there. Um, what are the odds do you think that Texas will be a top two seed going into the college football playoffs this year? I think it's very high. We're going to find out definitely if that's a possibility when Georgia plays this weekend. This is going to be a test for Georgia. It's not going to be like, people going to say like, oh, they're high rank. Kentucky's actually 20. That's pretty crazy. No, it's going to be, can Georgia actually play an offensive game that's not just whatever the hell you would call their offense now? Because yeah. our offense is not like an SEC team, but we're going to run the ball. We're going to have some decent passing games. I mean, years past, Georgia's thrown the ball well. They've run the ball really well. We all thought, oh, one of the running backs is hurt this year. Georgia will have still a really good running. They have really three really good backs. The running backs have not shown up that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one guy that got hurt might have been their offense. I told you, I told you at the beginning of the year that he was the man down there. Yeah, um, and here's the here's the reason why I'm sorry to cut you off, but here here here's the reason why I'm asking. 
We saw we see Georgia for what they are now. Y'all got your opinions on Georgia, and I think them losing uh, Robinson has really mm-hmm. hurt them tremendously yep. um, for that offense. They're making do what they can, but I don't know how much how much longer they can withstand this type of offense. Exactly. Um, my other point was Michigan has only got two more games this year that really they're they're got a capability of losing, right? And that's Penn State and Ohio State. I don't see them losing to Penn State, right? Um, well, is it Ohio- in Penn State? Yes. That's the whiteout game. They're losing that one, bro. Whiteout? Bro, I wish we could go off. Because Michigan State was at Michigan, or at Michigan State, I believe. And the whiteout game is against Michigan this year. Yeah, but they're they're playing Ohio State at home. Yes. For the last game game of the year. So um, those two games are really going to be the deciding factor on if Michigan lasts that long or not. Mm -hmm. If Georgia loses, they're out. Yeah, they're they're not they're not going to be in the playoffs. I don't think so. So this is why I'm speaking as a four seed. Yeah, so I'm I'm very skeptical on saying that Texas will make it in as a two seed. Um, I don't see Michigan lose. I think Michigan's going to end up being number one by the end of the year. Um, as for George, huh? Bite your tongue. I I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I. Listen, I really, really hope so. We I, don't want, that crap I want somebody to put Michigan's dick in the dirt and tell them just let it go. At Penn Paul. State, I, I think Penn Michigan. State has a good Michigan. <laughs> I was yeah. going to tell you this beforehand. Texas, after this week, has probably one of the easiest schedules in the Big 12. That's true. Kansas that's State, true. Iowa State, Baylor, you know, you name the lower end tiers of the teams, that's what they have left. And I think that's going to play a lot into them going into the playoffs. Exactly. Um, exactly. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt them, though. I think it's going to um, hurt them a lot more than you think. It's going to it, hurt. It depends on if one or two they lose. Mm-hmm. If one or two loses, it doesn't. No, I think no. They still get. I it. mean, it's going to hurt them as in being ready for the playoffs. Right. right. Well, that's a different discussion. Uh, I don't. I, I don't I know do about think that. They are one of the top four teams in the country as of right now. We will learn more about them this Saturday. But as of right now, they are definitely one of the top four. Teams. I think we'll definitely have to table the discussion until next week. Exactly. Um, I think this this game is going to show you a lot. Oklahoma, to me, is not as good as everybody thinks they are. It's like exactly mm-hmm. what Aaron said. I don't think they're as good as they are. Um, people mm-hmm. say that they are. I don't think their defense is nearly as good as what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just very curious to see what y'all thought about with Michigan and Georgia. Because I know how y'all feel about Georgia. Georgia. But looking I at – Georgia. I mean, I like Georgia, personally. Um, some people do, some so people do. Chris, we're talking about football. Sorry. <laughs> Ray, well, yeah, Ray Charles did. He didn't see him, but he heard about him. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I'm gonna have to make this joke, uh, Javon, but thank you for turning on a light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, usually all I gotta do is smile, baby. <laughs> Javon, we love you, dude. Love you too, I pre- hey, appreciate you coming on, man. You're gonna have to get on yeah. here again. That was a good analysis. Sure, I enjoyed hey, myself. Um, maybe, maybe next week we'll get you back on for the uh continued talk of the Texas Oklahoma rivalry. Yes, yes, that would be great. Um, one more thing before we end this. Um, it should be out by now, but the Savannah Banana schedule for next year has just came out at seven Woo! o'clock. Brother, let me tell you. It, it's it's big. They they got a lot of stops this year that were actually surprising to me. Well, um, they're, they're I, adding, I think, what was it, like an extra forty or fifty stops total this season. No, yeah, they, they're no. also adding an extra team. And Dylan, do I have a bone to pick with them on the name <laughs> of this damn team? What is the name? I don't even know it. They are going to be called the fucking firefighters. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Look, my thing is this. You could have called them anything pertaining to a damn baseball or banana, and you called them the fucking firefighters. That pissed me off so bad. Dude, I would have rather been called the dingers. I would have rather been called the home run hitters. Any other fucking thing but a damn <laughs> firefighter. So what are you going to do for promotion-wise? Are you going to take and you're going to put the guy out there on fire and then have somebody to come torch him out? Like Bro, I don't probably, They probably have a fire truck that they're going to use now. That would be great. Yeah, let the fire truck throw out the first pitch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Christ. But I love uh, ball. Don't like the firefighters. So okay. So with that, we will hold that discussion for next week when everybody has officially been able to see the schedules and the um 
the tour dates and the team announcements and everything like that. We will yeah. hold that for next week for sure. We might might even see if Dakota can get on here and talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe, five, maybe we'll have a five-group session that week. I'm down for that. But with that, we thank you for joining us on Beyond Sports Media's Midweek Breakdown Week 6 College Football Analysis. Peace! Go firefighters! This is a Beyond Sports Media production, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube.